Redeemer family, welcome to another Formation Moment. We're in week two of Easter, uh, still feasting on the goodness of our resurrected Lord. And Pastor Drew this morning preached on John 20, uh, 19 to 23. So as usual, if you didn't listen to that sermon or watch it, go back and find it on YouTube and our website, wherever you find our sermons. Um, but listen to it because it will give you the context for this conversation. And so we're talking fear, peace, joy, mission, all in one. Um, a really big idea, but we'll kind of get granular uh, in this time and and really hopefully practical is the goal. So let's start with um, in the beginning, you talk about this common thought that if we don't um, think about the things we're scared about, they'll go away. I thought that was a good like connection point for all of us that we can all relate to that. Um, but so I want to start with kind of a bigger question and we'll kind of work our way through it. It's this question, are faith and fear opposed to one another? Um, Cause I think that will give us a good foundation for where kind of we take the conversation, but I think it's helpful for people to hear. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Faith and fear. Are they opposites? Uh, can they coexist? Are they two sides of a coin? What's yeah. your hot take? Yeah. So I think that um, it's, it, yeah, it's complex, I would say, but the idea of having a, some fear, some fear is, is good. Um, and so like fear of uh, heights, it's like, you know, is unreasonable fear of heights. It's like if I'm standing, you know, on a, a pool diving board and just refuse to jump in the water because I'm terrified of those five feet, like my, maybe I should do a little work to get over that. Um, but if like you're on a tightrope over a, you know, a thousand foot ravine, like is a, you're, you know, there's a chance you you die. Like there's worth yeah. being, having some fear over and fear keeps us from like uh, making bad decisions at times. We are, there's a part of us. So that's, I think the, um, very kind of like tactical fear. Um, I do think that the relationship between fear and faith, it's not an either or, you know, it's like when we think about our sanctification, which is the big word for becoming more and more like Christ, like tomorrow, you're not going to wake up and be like, I am, you know, 100% faith. And so therefore 0% fear, like we will be working this out for the rest of our lives. So there's not a sense, I never want people to feel like, oh, I'm, I feel fearful about death or my health or my kids. Therefore, like I should feel a decent sense of shame. It's more yeah. about, let's get curious. Like, why are you fearful? Like, what is the root of this? And I do think that like, as we move further and further in our relationship with Christ, we will be less and less fearful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's what I wanted to make sure everybody was on the same page with that as we enter the conversation. Cause I don't want people to feel like uh, they're like a lesser Christian because they have fear or they're, or that there's a direct correlation and, and there's some kind of meter that they're trying to move uh, in, in order to like, yeah, be more holy or be further along in the sanctification process. It's important for people to know that like, this is something that will persist. Uh, but then the kind of other side of that coin of, of which you made really clear, I thought was a great first point, which is just Jesus shows up, right? Jesus shows up in that and offers peace. And I love the way you define that. May God give you every good thing. Um, so I would love to ask here, what are things that we can do on a daily, regular basis to be reminded of the reality that Christ is with us? Um, so we talked, Leon and I talked last week about the Eucharist, but just those daily, what are those daily things or even momentary things we can do to remind us that Christ is with us? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I do, I mean, the idea of what is it like for Christ to be with us in the midst of our fears, beginning with how can we just recognize his presence? Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, our we go back to the same things over and over again. I feel like we kind of sound like a broken record sometimes on these uh, this, these formation moments. And it's not because we run out of things to say. It's because the like the ordinary means of grace, of spending time in the word, of praying and being in community, like those things, you know, it's like, it's like getting healthier. Like yeah. it's not like you grow to the point where you stop eating vegetables or you like stop exercise. Like I'm, I'm, I'm healthy enough. Like I'll just stop exercising. Like it doesn't work that way. And so it does go back to those, you know, ordinary means of grace. What does it look like for us for you to carve out some time where it's just you and Jesus spending time together. Um, and that's, you know, that's, maybe even 10 minutes a day or it's an alarm clock that goes off at, you know, 1215 during your lunch hour to say, I'm going to, I'm going to get away and just pray for a few minutes and just, or read, you know, the Psalm from the daily office that day and just be able to have some time kind of set aside where it's just me and Jesus. And when we have, when those muscles start to grow, you have, you're able to say, all right, I'm going to go for 45 minutes and just journal and talk to the Lord about the struggles that I'm having or I'm going to spend, you know, two hours on a Saturday morning um, over at Kylene's Coffee Shop by the river uh, and just have a wonderful time of intimacy with the Lord. But building in those rhythms, it is a daily process, just like we don't get healthier by, you know, eating really good for 48 hours. Like we get healthier by making good, healthy decisions and getting into good, healthy rhythms over the long haul. Yeah, that's really good. I want to take a step back, though, for people who are like new to this idea right uh, that jesus can be with us right what what like yeah break that down that jesus is present with us what does that mean to someone who's like ah is he actually there is it a spirit a ghost what does this what does this mean that jesus is with us because i think it's important right that to know that we're not like being superstitious or like um ultimately like but there's this mystery that's hard to explain but like try to yeah try to give us some practical ways to know we're connecting with jesus and not just like doing something else yeah yeah so how how it kind of practically works is when we are uh as christians uh just like it says in acts 2 i just pulled it up uh, acts 2 when the holy spirit came at pentecost it says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So we won't touch other tongues. Maybe that's a different uh, <laughs> formation moment. Um, but the reality is when we become Christians, when we put our faith in Christ for salvation, we have, you know, as we know, we have, we're saved from sin uh, and we are adopted into the family of God. We also receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and that is something that's never taken away uh, from us. And no matter how bad we sin, we could do, we could commit all 10 of the, you know, great, you know, the, all the 10 of the commandments, we could fail at all of them. Um, uh, from Deuteronomy 20, the next day, and that Holy Spirit is still not going away because it's a gift from the, from, from the Lord to us. And so as we walk um, forward in our relationship with the Lord, like we walk with intimacy, not that Jesus is a ghost sitting next to us, um, but through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are able to, to pray directly to God. We can talk, have a, uh, a direct line uh, to God, or we can speak to him. We can uh, sit with him. We can read the scriptures and know that those are his words for us. And they may be 2,000 years old, but they are alive and working today, and we can be, they can be the communication God has 
for us. And that may look different, a little bit different for different folks, which is totally fine. Uh, kind of the level of like, oh, I, I feel God's presence in this mm-hmm. moment. Somebody may feel like, oh, I just rarely feel that presence. And that's okay. We're wired differently, which is a, a beautiful tapestry of what it is to be part of the body of Christ. Um, while some of you may sit down with the Lord and, and feel in a very real way his presence in that moment. And both of those are are okay. Yeah, that's good. Thank Yeah, thank you for kind of breaking that down. Because I always want to make sure in these moments that we're kind of like, um, yeah, just open to every level that people are as they think about their spiritual formation. Because I know that there's folks who might listen to this and be like, I don't even know what that means to be in the presence of Jesus. And there might be other folks who are like, yeah, I'm tracking with you. So I want to make sure everybody understands here that like this is a, a lifelong journey for all of us that we're trying to figure out what some of this stuff means. Uh, so we'll kind of finish up with this. You you had a, a really good mo- movement in there where you were talking about finite things becoming ultimate things. And I thought that was really helpful. Um, but I would love to think about, especially in this Easter season, how do we know we're feasting on eternal ultimate things and not these finite things and like what are the practices that we can inhabit to be yeah parsing out the two so that we're not just like yeah getting full on all this earthly stuff um and then starving ourselves of the good spiritual stuff that the peace that god's giving us amen yeah i love that this passage is in easter and obviously it fits in the timeline uh where after jesus has been resurrected he's interacting with his disciples but also in the the easter season of our our growth in the Lord. And and we and, and talked about this in the very beginning of the sermon that like he gives us his, the commandments, particularly the commandment, do not fear, not just to remind us because we're, you know, we oftentimes are prone to fear, but more so I think because he wants to root out that fear for our health, for our, not to shame us, but because he wants us to live free and not kind of wrapped up in our fears. And so what does it look like for us to walk forward and in getting more of God and having him crowd out in a very natural way the fears that we're so prone to. And I think it looks like us having that intimate time with the Lord and, and being with, I mean, just like it talked about in Psalm 23, where it says, I, I will fear no evil. And why? For you are with me. And yeah. so this is where I feel like we have oftentimes failed as a church, Big C Church, not a Redeemer, maybe Redeemer as well, we think about spiritual disciplines and we're like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, you know, maybe struggling spiritually or struggling with sin. I'm just going to like, you know, uh, try harder to read my Bible, pray more, do these things. And those are they're not bad in and of themselves, but if the purpose of those things is not deeper communion or intimacy with the Lord and connectedness, then you're not going to crowd out that fear or that sin. And I think about this with my deep relationships. Like, yes, there are times where, you know, with my close friends, I need to, 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 you know, figure out ways to serve them uh, or my wife, figure out ways to serve them or buy them gifts or do things for them. But nothing can replace the connectedness of like relationally being together. Uh, And that's where I feel like we have to be willing to go back to as Christians is to say, are we actually are we talking about God or are we communing with God? Are we, you know, scrolling through Twitter, reading little tidbits about God from Christian people and feeling like, okay, we're we're growing or are we actually taking the Bible and saying, God, like, 
speak to me through your word. Let me spend time with you. Uh, it doesn't mean that's all we do. Obviously, we're still called to mission. We're still called to relationship. We're still called to the ordinary, you know, getting groceries of life. But if we are not carving out that time, like we, there's no chance for us to keep growing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, part the the biggest part of it is that first step of availability, right? And um, I love this the quote that I always use when we're talking formation stuff from Robert Mulholland is there's nothing we can do to transform ourselves into persons who love and serve as Jesus did, except make ourselves available for God to do that work of transforming grace in our lives. And I feel like that so encapsulates the journey of spiritual formation and it so encapsulates um, this journey of, of, of moving beyond fear, right? It's just opening ourselves up to saying not fear's not there, or I'm not going to pay attention to it, but saying like, here it is, Lord, you deal with it. Right. And like you help speak into it and you help transform me by your Holy spirit who is with me, um, ultimately. Right. And so, um, I think that's hopefully a place where we can rest this week. Um, but I would just definitely encourage people to be in that 23rd Psalm, um, even potentially memorize it, memorize parts of it, even just that one part, like, because you're with me or just the first verse. I think that's just a good practice for every follower of Jesus. Um, so that may be a place to start, but, uh, thanks pastor drew for the time. Thank you for the sermon. And again, if you have questions, reach out to us, Benjamin at redeemeratl.org or drew at redeemeratl.org. And we will see you all next week. Peace. Yes.